Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily, and this week I have something a little bit different for you. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Fender Shields Blender, which is a video essay that I had to film twice because the first two times I referred to this product, I called it the Fender Bender, which might give you a little hint as to how early in the morning I uh, recorded that particular video. I also have for you a game show called ABY. This was filmed at Sweetwater during GearFest Online 2023 and features Tom Cram from Digitech DoD and Spiral, Jason Mays from Working Class Music, and Joan of Heart from Pedal Playhouse. The four of us duke it out to see who has the best ear. Who can tell the expensive PRS from the more affordable SE model? Who can tell the difference between very similar amps from the same family? And uh, who who knows their rats? So I'm really excited about that one. I hope that you enjoy it. But before I get into it, I just want to talk a little bit about some gear that I've been loving this week. I have in my possession for a limited time only, the Sterling by Music Man St. Vincent Goldie. After I demoed the Fender uh, Goldfoil Jazzmaster, a lot of people were asking me how I felt it compared to specifically the Goldie. Obviously, there's a Music Man version, which is twice-ish as expensive as the Fender Goldfoil Jazzmaster. But the Sterling by Music Man version is cheaper, or I should say less expensive, than the Goldfoil Jazzmaster. And uh, it kind of has similar situation where the pickups look like Goldfoils, but they're more like mini humbuckers. So I was really excited to get my hands on that. Uh, so look for that demo likely later this week. That's the week that includes July 4th. So it's a bit of a wonky week for us. Also, quick happy birthday if you're listening to this on July 5th to Joan of Heart. Love you, Joe. Um, see how she did in the ABY. But yeah, let's get back to that gold foil situation, the Goldie versus the gold foil. Um, so the Goldie, the Sterling Goldie is about $829. And the Jazzmaster is quite a bit more expensive. I don't, let me take a look. Fender Gold Foil Jazzmaster. So that Gold Foil Jazzmaster is $1,400. That's $1,399. That's significantly more expensive. Um, and as much as I love a Jazzmaster, as much as I love the, the, the look of this Jazzmaster, I have to say, I really do think the Goldie is the better deal. If you want a guitar that is very well made, the frets on that thing are incredible. There are frets on the Goldie, I should say. There are frets on guitars that cost three times as much as that Goldie that got to me in much rougher shape. These frets are polished. They're crowned. They're rounded along the edges. The neck is really, really comfortable. The guitar itself is much smaller than I expected. I've actually never played a St. Vincent guitar before. I was really wanting to 
have that first experience on camera. So I'm really glad that that's how I got to have that. Um, as for how they sound, I neither one swayed me either direction in terms of sound. I think they both are really good sounding guitars. I'm really starting to understand the gold foil thing, or I should say the mini humbucker thing. Uh, I don't really quite understand the have mini humbuckers and make them look like gold foils thing, but uh, it looks really cool. Um, I prefer the Bigsby to the St. Vincent tremolo system. I just like a Bigsby. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people don't like restringing Bigsby's. I think those people are cowards. <laughs> but uh, the tremolo arm on the St. Vincent, it's very sensitive. It can totally do dive bombs. Like these strings go all the way slack. Um, and if that's what you like to do, then you're going to be really, really happy with that guitar. If you like something that's gentler, more shimmery, just adding a little bit of movement, uh, I, I'm a Bigsby, Bigsby fan. And I know I am heavily in the minority when I say I like the way a Bigsby looks on a jazz master. So as far as like what I would gig with, um, I I have gigged with the Goldfoil Jazzmaster. It stood up really, really well. Um, I didn't feel too precious about it. The the St. Vincent, I can definitely imagine playing that one live. Unfortunately, I won't have the opportunity to. I do have to get that back to my friends at Sterling. But I would love to play a long show with that guitar. Um, it is very lightweight. And I have sometimes I do like day long rehearsals in advance of some one off shows that I play, tribute shows, that kind of thing. So sometimes we only get one rehearsal and it is the full like day or two before the show. And <laughs> I'm talking like noon to nine. Sorry. Sorry to Amy's neighbors on that one. But yeah, they're both really good guitars. Um, if this look of the St. Vincent isn't for you, I had a great experience with the gold foil, uh, the Fender gold foil jazz master. I would implore you to play it yourself, try to get your hands on one, or just if you do order one, um, investigate it when you get out, get it out of the box as like quickly as you can, because I just have heard, I've heard people uh, having issues. I know working class music had some shocking issues with theirs. The frets on mine were not as good as the frets on the uh, St. Vincent Goldie. And that's a problem. And that's something that I think that is kind of across the board with, with Fenders right now, which is sad. I would love to see Fender get back on uh, good fret work because I think that makes such an enormous difference in just the, the playability and just general enjoyment of an instrument. But yeah, I'm, again, very impressed with a Sterling by Music Man St. Vincent Goldie. Please do check that out. There's going to be a link in the uh, show notes for that to learn more on the Music Man website, as well as a link to Sweetwater um, to get one. I believe they're back-ordered. But those affiliate links, guys, it's the best way to support this podcast, this channel, and uh, show my worth to my friends at Sweetwater. Speaking of Sweetwater, again, GearFest Online was the other week. Huge thank you to them for having me and Joan out. That was really, really a special week. I'm going to be riding that high for a while. And uh, thanks to Sweetwater, I have more things coming up that I can't really announce right now. 
So just stick around for that. It's going to be fun. I'm trying to think if there's other gear I have right now or I've gone recently that has really rocked my world. You know, I like the Chat Breaker by Rev. It's a pedal that was um, made with input from AI technology. And it's my understanding that they spent a few hours in ChatGPT trying to get it to spit out a, a blues breaker circuit. And after some back and forth, they did get a blues breaker circuit. It didn't work. So they, they handed it to a human and the human fixed it up. And I think it sounds good. The gear page is really grumpy about it. They are like, it's marketing, it's novelty. I'm like, well, yeah. And my take on that is, are guitar pedals allowed to just be funny and fun? Like, are we allowed to have like the big ear slice of pie, which also rips, but are we allowed to just have like kind of goofy stuff and fun stuff and enjoy things for the novelty? Or are we just gonna be super self-serious all the time? Obviously, if the if like the chat breaker and the slice of pie and pedals like that didn't sound good, there'd be no reason for them to exist. But the truth is those those things do sound good. And whether they're worth the price is very much up to the buyer. Nobody's forcing you to pay 200 bucks for a guitar pedal that was made implementing generative AI. Like nobody's making you do this. But it is a fun thing. And I do I just like seeing brands kind of cut loose and have fun every once in a while. I don't think that's a problem. So I would love to know what you think. If you're listening on Spotify, you can drop a message in this podcast. I do recommend listening on Spotify. Uh, it's a better way to support the podcast. Uh, I love transparency. So I just, I will say that I get about a $14 RPM. That's revenue per mil. So that's dollars per 1,000 downloads of this podcast on Spotify and about 11 on other platforms. Obviously, this isn't a huge podcast, but every little bit helps. Another way to support the podcast is to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash get offset for as little as $5 a month. You get access to our exclusive Discord server. And uh, I love that place. For 10 bucks a month, I will send you merch of your choosing. I'm still trying to get the transparent png and ai files of the new logo so if you want to wait for the new shirt that's fine you can just make that decision whenever you want to make that decision um i'm really excited about the new logo i'm a big fan i feel like it's been a, a bit overdue i don't think the original logo was ever intended to be a long-term solution but uh it's served its purpose and let's give it uh, the hero's farewell. Speaking of farewell, I'm going to leave you for now with uh, a little chat about the Shields Fender Blender or Fender Shields Fender Blender. It doesn't matter. Also, just don't pay $5,000 for that pedal. Please don't pay $1,000 for that pedal. Let's not reward flippers if we don't have to because if None of us buys it for that amount of money. They're going to have to lower the price. All right, I'll catch you all real soon. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Last week, Fender did something that they've never done, not once in their 77-year history. Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily, and that color looks great on you. You should wear more of it. But I'm here today to talk about the Fender Shields Blender. That's their first ever signature guitar pedal, and it is a behemoth. 
The Fender Shields Blender is a two-channel fuzz that's vintage-inspired and, in fact, based on the famed Fender Blender that first came out in the late 60s and was produced through the 70s. Released in 1968, which I believe is the same year the Big Muff V1 was released, the Fender Blender saw some pretty strong initial success. It was part of this big wave of early fuzz pedals, but demand for it kind of fizzled out in the late 70s. And though I am not positive about this, I believe it was last produced in 77, although most of the listings for it I saw online were from either 68 or 74. So the Fender Blender was an octave fuzz that, though kind of fizzled out in popularity in the late 70s, saw newfound fame thanks to people like Kevin Shields from My Bloody Valentine, other shoegazers, and Billy Corgan from The Smashing Pumpkins. The original Fender Blender was a four-knob affair with two foot switches. Uh, there were controls for volume, sustain, tone, and blend, and there was another tone toggle switch, foot switch I should say, that uh, kind of upped that EQ, making it uh, push and punch a little bit more. Though I've never personally been able to play a Fender Blender, I looked up uh, some articles, some videos. Vintage Guitar Magazine says it was partially inspired by Roger Mayer's Octavia, but they also credit the late 60s Super Fuzz designed by effects legend Fumio Mieda, who you may remember as inventor of the Univibe. The Fender Blender has been out of production for decades, which is obviously going to affect the price. Right now, reverb listings for it kind of vary between $350 on the low end and $1,000 on the high end. That being said, I think the recent release of the Shields Blender has affected that in a way. Um, if you look at the selling history on reverb, uh, between $300 and $500 is the kind of more accurate sales price. The 68 versions kind of bottom out around 400 bucks, where previously you've been able to get the 74 version for around 300 on the low end. Both of them kind of max out at five. So that brings us to the present day. Apparently Fender and Kevin Shields have been working on this pedal for years, and the result is last week, if you're watching this in June uh, 2023, if you're watching in the future, the June 2023 release of the Fender Shields Blender for $499, you could get essentially a souped up version of the original Fender Blender, which Shields has been playing since the 80s. And this thing has a lot going on. According to the press release, unfortunately, I wasn't able to play this pedal. That's not uncommon with limited releases like this. But according to the press release, there's an octave up switch that enables you to just completely turn off the octave so you can play it like a normal fuzz. But let's talk about the channels because I think this is one of the cooler parts of the pedal. It has two channels. The first one blends clean signal with the fuzz. Um, that's kind of standard. But the second channel, instead of putting that original clean in, uh, it removes the clean and blends the fuzz with a second monophonic sub-octave fuzz. It's beefy, it's meaty, it sounds really cool from videos I've seen. And I'm just going up there in terms of coolness. Let's talk about that sag foot switch. So this introduces a reactive sag circuit, which um, introduces sputtering and ducking controlled by the dynamics of your playing. 
So it works by starving transistors uh, of power relative to your picking dynamics, the intensity of your picking. And I think that is really, really cool, really smart. Uh, Fender calls it, I believe, like revolutionary or something. Um, whether or not that's too strong a word depends on who you are, but I think it's really sick. Long story short, this fuzz is an absolute monster. It retailed for 499 bucks and there were 700 units made. And of course, it sold out immediately. <laughs> uh, I heard that it was only available on Reverb.com and Andertons. So Reverb in the US and Andertons in the UK. Some people told me it was available at some local shops. I have not been able to confirm that. Um, regardless, it sold out. And then, of course, is being immediately resold for uh, an enormous, an enormous markup. Originally listed for $499, which frankly, compared to the going price of actual vintage units and the added functionality, um, the fact that it's a hand copied circuit from the original and is signed by Kevin Shields, 499 bucks feels really, really fair for this unit. What doesn't feel so fair is what the resellers are charging for it, which I believe 1500 bucks was the cheapest I saw and 2000 was the most. The $1,500 one was sealed in the box and the rest were taken out of the box to photograph them and then are just being flipped. This isn't just pure greed. To quote a tweet from Nick Reinhardt, this is corny, corny as hell. And we see this every single time a limited edition pedal with a modicum of hype is released. Think about when uh, Chase Bliss sold their ZVEX collaboration, the Bliss Factory for the first time. It was sold for 500 bucks and it immediately flipped for like $1,500 from people. It's lame, it happens every time, and I would really love for this behavior to stop. I mean, sometimes people are even reselling these before they have the product in so what can we do to stop this? Some companies like Chase Bliss, uh, they find ways to take the wind out of a reseller's sale. And I'm a big proponent of that. It's hard to do, but there are ways to do it. For the ZVEX Chase Bliss collaboration, originally it was only going to be released in a certain color. That sold out immediately. And then Chase Bliss worked with ZVEX to make more of them in a different color. That way, the people who bought the limited edition are still getting the limited edition colorway, but the other people, the other musicians who actually want to buy it and play it, they're still getting the pedal with all the same functionality. It just isn't the original. And I think that's a really, really good way to go about it. Recently, we've seen the ticketing industry introduce something that they call verified fans, where, listen, I've never done that process. I don't know exactly how it works, but the hope for it is that it eliminates resale because uh, real fans get the tickets in the first place. I don't really know how you do that with guitar pedals and gear like this. The only way I can think of is a mailing list and there's nothing keeping someone whose goal is to resell these products from signing up from that mailing list. Ticketing companies have also been known to cancel scalped orders. This happens sometimes so like if there's no resale rules, uh, if they see your seats on StubHub or something, they'll just go ahead and cancel them. You'll get your money back as a scalper. And I don't know if they're also contacting StubHub to tell them like, hey, we've canceled these tickets, you need to pool them. 
Uh, if they've already been resold, you need to refund that. I don't know what they're doing because I've never been on either side of that. Um, but heddle companies have kind of done this. Chase Bliss is the only one that I can think of who has implemented, you can only buy one rules where you can only buy one puddle from one of these limited editions. And then before they ship any of them out, they go through and they double check to make sure there aren't two going to the same address. There aren't two associated with the same or an extremely similar email address because with Gmail, um, I, like if my email account is emily at gmail.com, which is not because I'm not that early to Gmail, I, I, it would also work to send me an email to e.m.i.l.y at gmail.com. Putting dots in a Gmail is an easy way to uh, circumvent <laughs> rules about uh, using multiple email addresses. I've done it to get like extra trials with Dropbox in college. I don't do that anymore. I pay for things now. <laughs> but when I was in college and I needed a second Dropbox account, I was able to do that. So that is to say when Chase Bliss would see somebody who had bought two, three, four of a pedal that were all going to the same address, paid for with the same credit card, they'd cancel all the orders because that's a pretty dead giveaway that you're going to scalp some of those. There aren't a lot of people using multiple fuzz factories or bliss factories or ayahuascas on a pedal board. There's, those kinds of pedals just aren't conducive to having two of them. Scalping sucks. End, stop, and everybody is affected by it in some way or another. Uh, like, I don't like to buy flipped pedals. I don't flip pedals myself, but I do have some pedals I would kind of like to sell just because I don't use them, and I'd love to see them go to someone who would, but I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little afraid that I would sell those pedals at a reasonable price and the person that I sell them to would just flip them. And then I feel kind of gross for being in some way part of a really nasty practice and I'd feel really taken advantage of. Ultimately, the only way to end scalping in a free and open market is to not buy from scalpers, from flippers. And I know that's really hard because if you really want this piece of gear, especially something that's been signed by the artist, it's going to be really like if you can afford it reasonably responsibly you're gonna you might say like why yeah why shouldn't i like i can afford this and like i get that that's fine that's your prerogative but it's just going to encourage more people to continue to do this the way to stop flippers is to take the wind out of their sails it's so to kind of foot them with the bill of their nastiness so best case scenario for them would be they get their money back up. And that's, I think that if you're reselling a pedal, frankly, that's the best you can hope for. And in my experience, the pedal economy has generally been such that when you buy a piece of gear, especially used, uh, it retains its value well enough so that like, if you decide you don't like it, you can resell it maybe for just like a slight loss. If, if that, my hope with this product in particular and other similar ones is kind of the chase bliss method. Uh, where if there's enough demand for a pedal that it sells out in a day, like this one did, that the company will then go and they'll make another run of it, maybe in a different colorway, probably without the signature. But if it's the functionality that people are really interested in, really want, I would love for companies to continue to make that available to people. Not charging less for them because you got to make your money, I'm sure. And obviously, Kevin Shields is getting some portion of money, hopefully from this deal. I know that all artist endorsed pedals kind of work differently, but you know, still, if they make a second run of this, 
it's really, really going to like screw scalpers, which is flippers, whatever you want to call them, which is something I kind of love. Kind of love to see, honestly, because then people will be able to get it new without paying these inflated prices, and they're going to be happy because for fifteen hundred to two thousand bucks, you can fill your board up with original Fender blenders. Uh, they're obviously not going to have that extra functionality, but eh, you know. I'm just making a point here. And if there's anything I know about the guitar pedal industry is that if something has a lot of demand, uh, and this is kind of like dubious levels of like coolness, it's going to get copied in some way, shape or form. Pedal clones are kind of just a part of the industry. And if the original builder doesn't step up to like make more of them, like if something goes completely out of production, it's really common to see somebody pick it up, make something that sounds close to it, works close to it, like buy an original one, open it up and see what that is. And whether or not you agree with that as a practice, that is something that happens. And frankly, if Fender decides to never make another Shields blender again, I would rather see people give money to companies that are filling that void than people who are being gear hoarders and flippers and trying to make a profit off of something that's a tool for musicians to use to make their music. Hey, if you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. I'm really, really curious to what you all think. And um, yeah, that's all I've got for you. No demo for me. I've asked to see if they have a unit on loan that they'd like to send me, but only 700 of these were made. It's really not uncommon for such limited releases to not get a ton of demos because they, they sort of sell themselves, let's be honest. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. You should get more shirts in that color. It really brings out, makes your eyes pop, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Until next time, my name is Emily. Goodbye. Welcome to Get Offset. My name is Emily, and I am here in the beautiful Sweetwater campus in Fort Wayne, Indiana for Sweetwater's Gear Fest Online 2023. And I'm really excited about this video because it's going to be called A, B, Y. I'm here with Tom Cram of Digitech DOD and Spiral, Jason Mays of Working Class Music, and Joan of Heart from Pedal Playhouse, who you probably know from Get Offset as well. And this version of AB Hawaii is hosted by Ryan from Sweetwater. Good we morning. Cannot see. <laughs> nope. We cannot see. So the idea of this game, from what I understand, is so we have this divider to the right of Joan, and Ryan is going to be playing some things and we have to decide which is which. So it's gonna be a real test of the ears. I know who's gonna be most embarrassed to get things wrong. <laughs> me? Yes. <laughs> Definitely Jason. Me too, me too. So uh, Ryan, if there's anything that I missed. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna do three rounds and if there's a tie, we are going to do uh, what we're gonna call a wild card. So the objective of the game is to win points, and the way that you win points is by getting this right. So think of this as uh, think of this as like blind wine tasting, where all you can do is hear what is going on. I'm going to tell you the category of what we are doing. I'm going to say this is gear A. I'm going to play. I'm going to switch over to gear B. I'm going to ask if you think that A or B was a specific piece of gear. I'll, I'll even tell you can ask questions if you would like. I can, I, I'll like you know, to, to help give you some clues. Can but... we get it in the form of a sentence? Uh, sure. And can we call a friend? Can we phone a friend? <laughs> can we dial in? Can we nope. use our 50 50 lifeline? So, so here's the deal. Josh? So here's the deal. Here's going to be the fun part. Now, it could be every man for himself. 
for every woman for themselves. You can vote on your own, whichever you think. Now, if someone is so confident that they know the correct answer and everybody is convinced to all vote the same, you, have the, you all have the potential of winning two points. However, if you all get it wrong, you all lose a point. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. So the three categories today, we're going to do a pedal uh, ABY, pedal shootout. We're going to do a guitar shootout. We're going to do an amp shootout. So the first one today is Pack Rat versus Turbo Rat. Oh, oh come on, dude. All right, I feel confident. I feel confident. I do. Uh, that makes one of us. Okay, do you, have a, do you have any questions before we start? Can I use a lifeline? Absolutely not. <laughs> Are they set at the same settings? <laughs> All right, let's begin. So this is uh, the, the tone that we're going to use today. I am running a uh, Gibson Murphy Lab, gold top, and uh, I have it on the uh, treble setting here, and we are running through the Dr. Z Z-Rec that is behind you, just nice and clean. <laughs> So here is pedal A. And here is pedal B. Those volumes were way different. Yeah, they yeah. really were. <laughs> so, so, so here's here's uh, here's a piece of clue for you that I'll get for you. Everything is set at noon. Okay, so which which All one right. are we getting? So now, which one was the Turbo Rat, the Proco Turbo Rat? Was it A or B? I am saying A. I'm saying B. I'm saying A. I mean B. <laughs> you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> I have no I idea. Okay. I think we're locked in. Are we locked in? Is this our final answer? Is this your final answer? <laughs> yes. The correct answer was A. Ah, suck it. <laughs> Volume is what gives it away, though. Like, at least it's... They're both different volumes. So I've, I've never heard a pack rat, so. I just assumed the one that sounded like nicer, maybe louder, was the pack rat. I was like, which one sounds like it has like tried to improve upon the other one? I usually remember the, was it the pack rat? Or was it the turbo or the fat rat or whatever? Like always had a thicker tone. So that's why I was thinking it was the B because it was a thicker tone being the turbo. Admittedly drive is not my bag. So it was just like turbo louder. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself, and I'm disappointed in all of you. <laughs> oh. 
So you, no, you, you, you right. just you just killed all the team things. There was a team thing. <laughs> no. Remember the, remember the team points? You come together. You're in points as a team. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not about who wins and loses. It's just... Oh no, it is about who wins or loses because the winner gets a prize. Oh, you guys are going down. <laughs> Every woman for herself. All right. So the next. ABY we have is the PRS Silver Sky SE versus the Silver Sky Made in America. Link to my demo for the SE in the video description. <laughs> Affiliate link also in the video description. <laughs> uh, I will let you all choose the amp you'd like me to play through. AC30. Okay, AC30. Want the AC30? Yeah. <laughs> with Tom with like <coughs> AC30. <laughs> <laughs> British. All right. So here is guitar A. That was guitar A. And now this is guitar B. Now, which one was the American-made Silver Sky, A or B? I'm happy to play them again if you'd like. Yeah, can I hear the first one plugged in, not played? <laughs> Ultra clean tone. Which one has the noise of your pickup? Can I figure that one out? All right, here's guitar A. Okay. Not played. We heard guitar B. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw home. What are some of the spelling bee questions? Uh, can I get uh, origins? No, country of origin. <laughs> I, I am happy to change pickup selector. I can, you know, roll volume off, whatever you need me to do. Did we get a hint for that one? That was guitar A. That was our hint? Sick. <laughs> That's okay. your hint. Anybody else have any questions for Ryan? Do we hear guitar B, just the pickups? Just the pickups. <laughs> just hear that, let's hear that 60 cycle hum. Because <laughs> if it's a 50 cycle hum, that's not American. <laughs> <laughs> it's the frequency, it's the frequency. What's the frequency, Ryan? It's guitar B. We're going for American, right? Yes, correct. Which one is the American? I'm gonna say it's A. I think we're all in agreement on this one. Oh, Joe! Wait, oh, wait, wait! I'll live it. I'll live it. We can all lose together. Can they go into negative points, or would I be the one who would be like the most? If it? everybody agrees to go with the same answer, you either all get two points, or everybody loses the points if you're wrong. But if they're all at zero points, do they get negative? Oh, they go points? negatives. Oh. 
It does go minus? It goes negative. Oh, sick. Okay, then I'm fine with us. I don't have a risk because we all... A part of me wants to say B. Is it the volume that's getting you again? I don't know. Yeah. So was the volume. I think B was had noisier pickups, and I would just associate that with... I honestly don't know. Another, you know, we haven't done the core model yet. Yeah. And, um... This would be a Tia thing more than anyone. But I'm know. I'm gonna risk it because if I'm, I'm already at a disadvantage, so I'm gonna say B. Okay. It's a twine toss anyway. Hey. Or coin toss. A twine toss. A twine toss. It's a twine toss. It's a twine toss. So my grandfather would say, You're a real fart smeller. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Falkhorn uh, Lakehorn saying that to you, and that'd be my grandfather saying that to me. <laughs> All right, I think we're locked in. We're locked in. Locked in. Correct answer, the American-made Silver Sky was A. Oh, Damn. sorry, Jason. Yeah, it happens. I'm looking oh. I hope you all have been keeping your own score, because I haven't. Yeah. Emily's oh, at three. I've been keeping score. <laughs> Emily's at three, and they're at two, and I'm at uh, zero. N no, I'm at two. Oh, you're at two. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Not oh, yeah, two. if we all went together, we would have gotten two. So, yeah. One. Yeah. You think if, if we all pick the same answer, it's just like it doesn't really matter. Because then we either all lose the same amount of points or we all gain a certain amount of points. So you're saying the shame is spread evenly yeah, across? Spread oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Uncle Paul. Don't, uh, don't unadopt me. That, that took me a second, yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure he forgives you already. Check out Working Class Music's video with uh, Paul Reed Smith whenever that's out. Hi, Robert. All right, we got one more. We have one more. And perhaps a tiebreaker if it comes down to that. Perhaps. Okay. Today's, well, this ABY, I should say, is... It is today. It is still today. Uh, AC30 versus AC15. Oh. Oh. Yes. Oh, man, I'm a total AC fanatic, so this is like... My pride is on the line. I have a 15 at home, so we'll see. I'm just gonna go with whatever Tom says. <laughs> That's pretty now that much. you said that, you're, yeah. you're hanging you're like, me up. She's like, I don't know uh, shit about the AC30s. <laughs> yeah, I just have a 15. I don't have a. 30. So you are aware, for my own excitement, I am playing through the Billy Joe Armstrong uh, Les Paul Jr. <laughs> for your own excitement. For my it? own excitement. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Can you show up your tattoo? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pose for the camera. All right, so L LPJ. AC-15, AC-30. I feel like that didn't pay any attention, but we'll just go on. <laughs> this is Amp B. Open A. Oh, just A string? Yeah. No, sorry, the, the, the A chord. And then on, on the other one? This is amp A. 
hit it harder. And then B. That wasn't an A. I know, this is a B. It was B. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I, I meant, I meant F B. <laughs> I was like, It's already getting confusing. They've got, them, they've got them set to the, to the same same gain. That's gonna make it tough. Um, hit, give, give me your low E on A. Just string? Just the string on amp A, please. And give me a low E, just the string on amp B. Oh. So are we asking what's the 30? It's an A. So, what is it? which one is the A, C, 30, A or B? I'm cheating. I think we're locked in. I think we're just, going, we're just following Tom on this one. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the B is an AC-15. All right, we're locked in. Locked and loaded. Correct answer. The AC-30 was B. Oh, oh no, we're you know all what? wrong. I didn't want, I was going to go B. I was, was going like, to I was like, because that one sounded a little bit more chimier. And I was yeah. like, I hated that term, but I was like, but you know, Tom, I'm sorry, dude. Oh, it's I, hard. I led you astray. It's fine. It's fine. I was already losing. So, losing. <laughs> so now, now we're all at zero, right? You could go negative. Oh, we could go negative. No, I had one. So I'm, I'm back at zero. It's yeah, I'm at negative. All right. We have a winner? Uh, Emily? I think I won. Yeah, I think yeah, you won. I By think one won. point. The only point. <laughs> the only point. The only the point. Only point. Yes. Play Emily, congratulations. Thank. Can we give it up for Ryan for hosting and coming up with this great idea? Emily, your prize. What's my prize? The paddle that you're holding. The paddle? <laughs> oh, lovely. I have never, I've never been more excited. <laughs> I am gonna have so much fun with this. Yeah, just walk people and go, hey, hey. No. hey. <laughs> Come here, you little. I'm stuck. Oh. 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 Right? I think you guys are going to send me home early because I broke just, this just pedal. Just duct tape it. Just duct tape like, it. I, I broke this pedal. Hockey players do it all the time. Just duct tape it. It's all right. It, it, it'll still work. Oh, my God. We got some Viagra tape. Ryan, are you really telling me my prize isn't the Murphy Lab? I'm really telling you your prize is not the Murphy Lab. <laughs> Damn it. Well, thank you so much again to Sweetwater, to Tom, to Jason, to Joan, to Ryan, to everybody at the team, Josh, Tyler, literally everybody, the, the people who are running sound and set up the booth, the employees. Thank you all so much. Uh, this has been such a great week. This, this is just, the last day, right, huh? Yeah. 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 Thanks to everybody. Such a highlight yeah. of, of my year, and uh, I mean it sincerely. So everybody out there, you know. <laughs> link in the video description so I can invite it back next year. Yeah. And to everybody out there again, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. I'm Tom. I'm Jason. I'm Joan of Heart. And that's Ryan. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Bye. Well, there you have it. That was this week's episode of Get Offset. Thank you again to everyone uh, at Sweetwater, everyone who did the ABY, Tom, Jason, Joan, Ryan, all the sound people. Um, you know, I really appreciate you all being here over the years. This podcast has existed for, um, oh my gosh, like five years now. So I just, I appreciate your continued support and friendship. 
And uh, I know I've already said this, but to everybody out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. Goodbye.